Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Matt Lombardo Show, part of the Stacking the Box podcast. Please welcome your host, Matt Lombardo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on into the Matt Lombardo Show. Of course, I am fan-sided national NFL insider Matt Lombardo, getting you ready for Super Bowl 56. The matchup is set. The game is right around the corner. And to be honest with you, I can't wait. I'm really excited to see what the plucky upstart fighting Cincinnati Bengals behind Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and a high-flying offense are able to do against one of the Super Bowl favorites from day one, the Los Angeles Rams and an organization and a team that was really turned upside down over the past two years, built around Les Snead's aggressiveness, trading for Jalen Ramsey last offseason, dropping in an all-pro cornerback into an all-world defense, trading for Matthew Stafford a year ago, and building a franchise and a roster around superstars like Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Cooper Cup, an emergent running back in Cam Akers. This matchup is going to be a lot of fun. And a little bit different today, we have an action-packed show. I know I say that a lot, but I really mean it this time. Three great guests ahead for you. Former Cincinnati Bengals defensive lineman Damata Petko is going to preview this game from the Bengals' perspective. And a pair of Hall of Famers, former Pittsburgh Steelers legend and Super Bowl champion Jerome Bettis will drop by, get his thoughts on the running backs in this game, where he's leaning in this game, and some of the top running backs in the league today. And Pro Football Hall of Famer and Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers legend, two-time Super Bowl champion, and the head coach who's turning the college football landscape on its ear at Jackson State, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, will join us a little bit later on. Before we get into it, as always, a little bit of housekeeping. If you enjoy the podcast, if you like the show, if you're a fan of my work, please go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL and subscribe to the podcast, Stacking the Box. It's an NFL podcast fan side. It's NFL podcast feed. Just search for Stacking the Box and Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, all of your favorite podcast platforms. You get two really great podcasts for the price of none. You get the Matt Lombardo show every Friday and on Tuesdays you get Mark Carmen and Matt Verdram who do a fantastic job breaking down the entire NFL. Great guests over there as well. So if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to Stacking the Box and leave a five-star review in the Apple Podcast Store mentioning the Matt Lombardo Show. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, some guests you might want to have on, and I'll go try to get them. And we're going to break this game down from every angle. I'll give you my biggest key for the Los Angeles Rams, my biggest key for the Cincinnati Bengals, the players I can't wait to watch, and how I think this thing plays out on Sunday night. And of course, the Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl, back in the Super Bowl for the first time since 1989, a long time coming in Cincinnati. Joining us to break it all down and a whole lot more, former Cincinnati Bengals defensive lineman, Demata Petko. He knows a thing or two about winning in Cincinnati. You can follow him on Twitter at Demata Petko. Demata, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Matt? Doing really good, brother. Thanks for having me on. And a big hootay to all the Bengals fans out there. Hootay. 
Of course, happy to have you here. And I think the whole nation is going to find out a thing or two about Joe Burrow and those Bengals on Sunday. People who might not have got a chance to watch them throughout the course of the year. You know, but you look at your tenure in Cincinnati, you guys were always in the mix. You went to the postseason a handful of times. What's the biggest difference between your guys, Bengals, and that group and the one that's now in the Super Bowl this year? Oh, man. Uh... Yeah, we had some fun runs there, man. I was uh, with the Bengals for 11 seasons. Went to the postseason, I believe, five or six times with Marvin Lewis. And, uh, yeah, we were just one and done. And uh, every time, you know, it, was, uh, it felt like we had a curse on us, man. Like we could never get past that first-round hump. But uh, this year, man, there's something special about this team. I feel like there's it's a new Bengals team, you know, led by a great leader, you know what I mean, in, uh, in Joey B. And, uh, man, you're going to go as far as your leaders, man. I feel like Joey B has won a national championship, won a state championship in high school. Uh, Heisman Trophy winner has so much success, man, that a Super Bowl is something that's bound to happen. And I think it's going to happen from this Sunday, brother. And I think if he gets it done, I think I saw a stat, he would become the first quarterback to have the national championship, the Heisman Trophy and the Super Bowl. So it'll be quite a run for Joe Burrow. And you brought up Marvin Lewis. What was it like to play for him? Because you guys went to the playoffs five or six times. This is Zach Taylor's first run into the postseason. Obviously, you can't expect to go to the Super Bowl every single year. But can Taylor and these Bengals sustain this kind of run where they're kind of running the AFC North and they're going to be in the mix every year? What was it like for you playing for Marvin? And then what's what do you think it's going to be like for this group to have sustained success? Yeah, man, it was it was amazing playing for Coach Lewis, man. He did some great things there. Uh, we had a lot of success, you know what I mean? But we just never got over that first round hump, like I said. But um, big shout out to Coach Zach Taylor, man. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of his. I'm excited for what he's done for Cincinnati, taking them to the Super Bowl. And uh, what, I, what what you can't forget about him is that he was just in the Super Bowl a couple years back with the Rams. You know what I mean? So he has that experience. And I think that having a head coach that has Super Bowl experience, not uh, just from like a couple years back, is going to work wonders for the team. And uh, I think he's doing a great job. So big shout out to Zach and big shout out to uh, my man, uh, Mike Brown, uh, Katie, Troy, and all the family there, man. Uh, miss you guys. Absolutely. And, you know, you brought up, you know, some of the great teams that you guys had. And obviously you played with quarterbacks like Andy Dalton and uh, before that Carson Palmer, you know, in Cincinnati. When you watch Joe Burrow, do you see similarities to those guys at all? What stands out to you about Joey B? Man, Joey B, man, he's amazing, brother. Uh, Just watching him all year especially coming back off after a tough injury like that to step right in the helms and uh, take the bull by the horn and just lead this team. He's been amazing, man. Um, For such a young dude, he has a great composure in the pocket, great composure, great leadership. I see him. uh, I see a lot of resemblance for him for like, he's like a Tom Brady type of guy. I feel like he's leading by example, uh, not afraid to get in people's face if they're doing the wrong thing, but also really cool in the pocket, man. Super cool in the pocket, super composed. And, uh, I'm really excited. I can't wait to see him and Chase and the offense uh, put up some points in the Super Bowl. What's the biggest key for them? Because it's a tough matchup. You think about the front seven, and obviously you're going up against guys like Bob Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, you know, is doing his thing. You got Jalen Ramsey on the back end. What's the biggest key for the Bengals to win this game? We haven't even touched on the Rams and all their firepower on offense. How does Cincy win this game on Sunday night? Yeah, man, I think it all starts up front with the O-line and the protection, man. Uh, I think if we have a good protection and uh, we have a good plan, I think we'll be okay. If it was me, man, I would like to slide the center and the guard to Aaron Donald every play and make sure we have two people on Aaron Donald. And then I'll use my tight ends and I'll use my running backs to chip off the edge, you know, to chip Vaughn and chip Floyd, you know what I mean, any any chance I get. But the cool part about 
the Bengals is uh, Joey B. It seems like he does good under pressure. You know what I mean? Uh, when they played against Kansas City, they were in his face the whole game, but he was just composed, got out the pocket and made the right throws. But I think that the big key is just making sure everyone's uh, calm and, and uh, cool on the protections and communicating down the line of scrimmage who we got. And obviously, Damata, you know, you brought up Joe Burrow being so cool under pressure in a hostile environment in Arrowhead last week. Matthew Stafford's no slouch either. You talk to people no, inside no. the league, he's highly regarded as one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL today. You play defensive line. Your business, your job description was getting after the quarterback. Yeah. If, if you were playing in this game and you were along the defensive line, what would you need to do to rattle somebody like Matthew Stafford? I would really be like uh, trying to, you know, uh, push my other nose guy like D, uh, DJ Reader and tell uh, Trey Hendricks, hey, man, let's, let's collapse this pocket on him. You know what I mean? Put pressure in his face from day, uh, from the first play to the last play, pushing that pocket, getting hands up, getting in his face. But I feel like the first two series, just getting, uh, getting Matt uh, Stafford on his back and hitting him early, kind of rattling him, I think will, will be a, a big key for the defense. And uh, big shout-out to uh, Trey Hendrickson, man. He's been doing a hell of a job over there off the edge. And a uh, big shout-out to DJ Reader in the middle. And, uh, man, I'm excited about this uh, about this challenge for the Bengals, and I think we could do it. Hendrickson was a great addition for them. And then you look at – if you had the game plan against Joe Burrow, obviously we've seen the blitz doesn't work. He has great numbers against the blitz. You heard Tyron Matthew when he was mic'd up last week just, just about how smart Burrow is, how cerebral he is from the pocket. If you had the game plan against Joe Burrow, what would that game plan look like? I would probably have to take away his biggest weapons, you know what I mean? I'll try to double team chase. That'll be my you know, one of my keys is making sure we're on chase. But then he does a hell of a job running the ball. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of balance on that on that Cincinnati offense. It'll be very tough for someone to scheme against them, especially when CJ Azuma, uh, if he comes back and helps out at the tight end position, man, it'll be it'll be a tough game plan for any defensive coordinator. Uh, I don't know. I don't really want to tell, tell what I would do against the Bengals. I want to keep it a secret. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, you brought up Reader, you brought up Hendrickson, you brought up the talent they have up front. What's worked so well for that Cincinnati defensive line, especially through the postseason, because they've been flying towards the quarterback all through Heck the playoffs. Yeah. I forgot, brother. I can't forget about the uh, the back end, man. I got to give some love to my man uh, Bates back there. You know what I mean? He's been doing a hell of a job. And then Eli Apple as well uh, with the game game winner last week you know what I mean so big shout out to the secondary as well man so I'm a big fan of the Bengals I've been watching from here in California and rooting from them from my house and uh, my kids and my wife were all watching the game last week as a family and we're, we felt like we won the game as well uh, that's how much we love the Bengals so we're super excited for everyone and uh, I can't wait to watch this game now obviously you're in LA right now so you got the Super Bowl in your backyard you called Cincinnati home for a long time what would it mean to the city of Cincinnati waiting 30 plus years to get back to the Super Bowl, having never won a Super Bowl? What would it mean for the Vince Lombardi trophy to go back to Ohio on Sunday night? Oh, man, I can feel it, man. You get it. You're giving me goosebumps already, brother. I feel <laughs> like it's going to happen and it would mean so much for the city. To all the fans, to all the players, all the former players, man, like Ocho Cinco, Willie, Big Willie, you know what I mean? We got Anthony Munoz, all those players, man. It means a lot to everybody, especially the city, the ownership. It'll mean the, it'll mean the world. I bet the parade will be crazy. Downtown will be uh, awesome. And uh, yeah, dude, let's go do it. Let's go, Hootay Nation. I believe in you guys. I know you guys can pull it off for us. Are you hopping on a plane? If they, if the Bengals win, is Demata Pecco hopping on a plane and flying back to Cincinnati for the parade? Dude, I got to, brother. I got. I still own my house there, so I still have some property there in Cincinnati. So I, uh, I never sold my home there. It's still there, and I, I have deep roots in Cincinnati, man. I was there for 11 years. I have a lot of good friends that are coming out for the game, but definitely gonna fly back for that big win for the parade if, if they get that W.
And I know you mentioned that you and your wife have a great event going on for the game on Sunday. Tell us about it. Yeah, man. Uh, my wife, Anna Pecco, and I, we took over a, a restaurant and bar in West Hollywood. It's called the Sunset Trocadero. And if you guys can't afford tickets to the game and you're in the L.A. area for Sunday, we're having a big Bengals watch party at our restaurant. I'll be there signing some autographs. we got some uh, some free merch for the kids. And it's going to be a really fun event. There's going to be food, drinks, and then uh, a lot of Hootay Nation will be there, guys. So come on down. It's uh, it's on it's in West Hollywood. It's 8280 on Sunset Boulevard. It's called the Sunset Trocadero. We'd love so to see I, you there. If I can make it out to the Sunset Trocadero, what am I ordering? What's the, what's the most popular item on the menu at the restaurant? Yeah, man, if it's me, I, I would say you got to order our lamb chops, man. We're big. Uh, we have probably one of the best lamb chops in, uh, in L.A., and uh, everyone comes to get our lamb chops. We're, we're, we're known for our lamb. There you go. I'll have to check it out. I love Southern California. I try to get out there every chance I can get. Damata Pecco, appreciate the time. Enjoy the game and enjoy the event on Sunday. We look forward to talking to you further up the road. All right, man. Thank you so much, uh, Matt. It's uh, so good to be on with you guys. And a big who day to everybody. And let's go Bengals. God bless, man. Really fun conversation there with Damata Pecco. Always good to catch up with the Cincinnati Bengals legend, the guy who's taken that franchise to the postseason five times. And these are the loftiest heights that this franchise has reached since 1989. And I think the biggest key for Cincinnati, and it sounds rudimentary, it's doing whatever you can to keep Joe Burrow upright. And for Cincinnati in this game, what they have going for them, I don't think it's up front. I don't think it's along the offensive line when you're going up against a front seven that includes Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, and of course, arguably the most dominant player at any position in the NFL, Aaron Donald. That's a tough order to keep your quarterback upright, but I think what Joe Burrow has shown over the past couple of years, and especially late this season, he's really good against the blitz, and he's really good in pressure situations, as we saw overcoming an 18-point deficit in Arrowhead last week. So I think the key for Cincinnati isn't just keeping Burrow upright, but it's allowing Joe Burrow to make the kind of plays on the run that he was able to make the five scrambles for 25 yards against the Chiefs and improvising as the game goes along, making the kind of adjustments like they made in the fourth quarter that allowed T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd to make a real impact in the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs when Jamar Chase was kind of locked up. And, you know, I spoke to an NFL head coach for my column this week that ran on Wednesday at fansided.com. Go check it out where I had coaches and scouts basically give me the game plan and how you shut down these teams on Super Bowl Sunday. And I had an NFL head coach tell me point blank, Jalen Ramsey can't cover Jamar Chase. So if I'm Cincinnati, I'm going to send Jamar Chase deep, try to clear out Ramsey, try to create opportunities underneath for Tyler Boyd, who hasn't dropped a pass in like two years, for C.J. Uzoma, who's been really vital to the success of the Bengals' offensive tight end position. And at times, I'm going to move Chase into the slot to create those opportunities for hot routes and quick throws because I think Joe Burrow getting rid of the football quickly, on time, and accurately isn't just a strength of his but it's going to be pivotal in this game if the Bengals are going to have any chance at all. On the other side, we'll check in with Pro Football Hall of Famer, Pittsburgh Steelers legend, and one of the greatest running backs of all time, Jerome Bettis, joins me next, right here on the Matt Lombardo Show, inside Fansided Sack in the Box podcast for you. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. 
Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back in. And pleased to be joined now by a Pro Football Hall of Famer, Pittsburgh Steelers legend. He joins us on behalf of Pepsi and Frito-Lay. Jerome Bettis, the bus, joins us here on the Matt Lombardo Show. Jerome, how you doing, man? I am great. Thanks for having me. Of course. And, you know, Jerome, one of the biggest storylines of Super Bowl 40 was it was your last game in your hometown of Detroit in the Super Bowl. Can you go back and talk just a little bit about the emotions that you had going into and during that game, knowing that you could finally park the bus in your backyard in the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, for me, it was uh, obviously a dream come true. Uh, one, to have an opportunity to play for a championship. I mean, as a kid, when you start playing football, that's always a dream is to play for a championship. But then all of a sudden, I'm not only playing for a championship, I'm playing in my hometown uh, where my career started, I get a chance to, for me, in my career there, it was a, it was a storybook ending, um, and it was something, you know, as it was happening, you, you, you're in the moment, so you're not really appreciating it as much, but I did get a chance to really appreciate the moment when I was in it, because my teammates did such a great job uh, of creating me as a kind of a focal point for us to to channel our energies to win in the game. And of course, comparisons are always a really big deal in the NFL and in the NFL draft. In the last couple of years, and maybe even in this year's draft class coming up, is there a next bus coming along among the running backs, or is there only one Jerome Bettis? Well, I mean, obviously the game is much different now. It's a lot of a lot more passing. It's not as uh you know run dominated as it was, but um when you see Derrick Henry, I mean, he, he's the only guy that, from a physical standpoint, he puts pressure on the defense. And so I think he would, you know, some similarities, but nothing like me. He's really fast. I was not really fast. <laughs> I was really big, um, but I was quick. Uh, so I, I think the only similarities there is that he's a, he's a pounder. And after 10, 15 carries, then you start to really see the the true uh, Derrick Henry perform, not the first five. And much like myself, if you give me twenty five carries, I could I could change the the game. And like him, if you give him 25, 30 carries, he can you know make a huge impact on the game. No doubt about it. We've seen that this year, both when he was on the field for the Titans and what they were missing in his absence. But your former head coach Bill Cowher. He's widely regarded as one of the premier head coaches of the last 25 years or so. Won the Super Bowl with you, only one Super Bowl ring. When you're looking at Sean McVay as he gets ready to coach in his second Super Bowl this Sunday, do you see any comparisons between Bill Cowher and with Sean? Um, I, I think the, the comparisons probably would be in the sense that he, expect, he understands um, the, the spotlight he's in. He understands the pressure that he's dealing with, uh, having lost a previous Super Bowl, both of them, having lost their first opportunity in a Super Bowl. Uh, and so they both understand that unique challenge of trying to uh, you know, get that win, but having an enormous amount of pressure uh, on top of you because you are uh, that experienced coach, if you will, that that hasn't yet won a championship. So they've got some pressure on them and, and, and both of them had, 
uh, and we'll see what uh, what Coach McVay is able to do. And of course, on the other side, on you look at a running back like Joe Mixon, and he's been so instrumental to Cincinnati's success, and he's taken a lot of pressure off of Joe Burrow in his first full season as a starter after that injury. You know, when you look at Joe Mixon, do you see any similarities to you and maybe the impact that you had on Ben Roethlisberger early in his career and how instrumental you were in helping him get across the finish line for that Super Bowl win? Well, I, I, I think there is, you know, there's similarities, but but obviously much different uh, set of circumstances. I, I will say Joe Mixon, though, I, I, I do love what he's capable of um, and, and what he brings to his team. Uh, you know, obviously he brings a present presence, but they're not they're not a run like, you know, centric team. Uh, you know, we were more of a run team. We got after it. Um, on the ground more, but the one thing that they do, uh, Cincinnati does well is they they get after uh, the run if it's if it's there. Obviously, having a, a really good young quarterback uh, changes the equation in terms of throwing the football. But um, you know they're more of a mixture of what they do, not necessarily a running football team as we were. And this past offseason, the Steelers kind of doubled down again on the running game. They draft Najee Harris in the first round, really impact rookie for, in a rookie season for him. He says he spoke to you a lot coming out of Alabama when he was drafted in Pittsburgh. Can you share any of the details of the conversations you guys have had and kind of your observations of him in his first season in a Steelers uniform? Yeah, I mean, first of all, he had a great first season, uh, you know, playing for the Steelers. Obviously, we got a chance to talk about you know, things that, that he, he's looking at on the field, what he's seeing, um, what, what, what's happening. Uh, and for myself, it was an opportunity to kind of pass, give a lot of the insight that I have in terms of, of running the football, pass that on to him because I can't use that anymore. So it was really kind of paying it forward, giving him some of the keys and, and, and some of the things that I've seen. And, and one of the things specifically uh, I talked to him about is how to fall. A lot of times, you know, people don't think about if you carry the ball 25 times, odds are you're going to get tackled 25 times. And because he's a big physical running back, it's not going to be with one person. So usually he's going to get tackled by two or three people at a time. And that is uh, physically challenging on your body. And you have to know how to hit the ground because if you're getting tackled 25 times, you're hitting the ground 25 times, and it's 25 opportunities for you to hurt yourself because the ground uh, has never lost the battle. So you've got to learn how to how to how to fall and support yourself and not you know break your collarbone or just dis, or dislocate your shoulder or or your elbow. Those are things like that. So just giving him some really inside information as to how he should manage uh, uh, some of those things going forward. So you're the bus. Does that make Najee Harris in the modern era the Uber, the Lyft? Is he more the express train? What's no. Najee Harris on his running style? No, no, he he's independent of <laughs> of me. Just like I was independent of Franco Harris, and I wasn't part of the Italian Army. He's not going to be uh, a part of the Department of Transportation. Shall we? Shall we say? Um, He's, he's just going to be his own guy. And that's, that's what, that's what I love about what he's bringing to the table. He's bringing a fresh new look because he, he does something that I could never do in terms of catch 
40, 50 balls out of the backfield. Uh, that was not my forte. And that's something he does extremely well. So he's, um, I think if you had to say something, he's the 2.0 version. So, you know, we started this conversation talking about the bus and the fact that you got to park the bus on Super Bowl Sunday in Detroit. Have you ever driven a bus with more legends on board than you are for Pepsi and Frito-Lay in the commercial? <laughs> no, but I, I have not had more fun either. Uh, being with uh, some of the, the greatest players that have ever played this game uh, and to have an opportunity to share time with them in an incredible road to the Super Bowl uh, campaign, it was, it was phenomenal. And I, I'm truly blessed to have done it. So for those who haven't seen the trailer for the commercial, what can people expect? Well, what you can expect uh, is a, a lot of fun, action. Uh, you've got, you know, Super Bowl champions uh, littering uh, the screen. You've got a dynamic combination of uh, the Manning brothers uh, and what they do uh, together. And you bring all of us in and it's, it's an incredible uh, combination of great players, but also, uh, you know, great snacks and great beverages. And, and you know, the PepsiCo brand and the uh, Frito-Lay brand. Just well, that was going to be my next better. question. What, what, what's on Jerome Bettis' Super Bowl spread when you're hosting the party in Pittsburgh? What, what are you serving? What, what, what's what's well, the Super Bowl well, spread on it, Super it, Sunday? Well, you got some mainstays. You know, you obviously have Doritos. They're a mainstay. Uh, obviously, the classics. I mean, you got to have just regular uh, potato chips. Now, the, the one that I kind of catch a little flack on with my wife is the Cheetos uh, because they, you know, they, they get over hand a little <laughs> bit, which is no problem to me, but she doesn't like uh, when when we have a lot of people over and I bring I bring out the Cheetos, but I do anyway because I'm a huge Cheetos fan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, but also the uh, bubbly. I'm I'm a, a huge fan of the uh, of the bubbly uh, drinks. So those are those are must haves if you're coming to my place uh, for uh, a Super Bowl party. I love it. He's Jerome Bettis. He joins us on behalf of PepsiCo and Frito-Lay. Before I let you get out the door, Jerome, I'd be remiss. Who's your Super Bowl pick? Who wins on Sunday night and why? Oh, my goodness. Well, I'll tell you uh, who wins. Uh, you know, PepsiCo and Frito-Lay, they win because they're both going to have uh, <laughs> commercials uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. But in terms of the actual game, uh, I'm going with the Rams. I played with the Rams. Got a little history, played against the Cincinnati Bengals a ton of times. Don't like them very much. No, I'm just joking. Uh, I don't like them, but I, I do like their chances. They got a great chance, but I still think the Rams, uh, with all the veteran uh, leadership, I think they, they pull it out. He's Hall of Famer Jerome Bettis. We'll keep a lookout for you on Super Bowl Sunday for those Pepsi and Frito-Lay commercials on the bus, driving the bus with Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Victor Cruz, and others. Appreciate the time, Jerome. Look forward to talking to you further up the road. Thank you. Take care. Doesn't get much better than that. Talking football and previewing a Super Bowl with Jerome Bettis. And, you know, for all of the accolades that these quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow, have gotten throughout this year, deservedly so, and as much as they're kind of the main attraction of this Super Bowl, I really think the running game is going to be pivotal 
in this game because both Cam Akers for the Rams and Joe Mixon for the Cincinnati Bengals are really critical to what both of these teams need to do in order to win. If you look at it from the Rams standpoint, and obviously Cam Akers is a phenomenal story coming back from a torn Achilles that he suffered this training camp. Coming back and being a factor in this postseason, I know that he hasn't had the gaudy numbers that you might expect, but he's rushed for over 100 yards through the first three playoff games. And if you look at the Rams and what they're going to need to do when you're looking at a front seven for Cincinnati that has Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson and a nose tackle like DJ Reader, you know, you're going to have to get downhill in a hurry, especially if you're going to try to take the pressure off of Matthew Stafford. Because I think that if you watch the career arc of Stafford's career, not only in Detroit, but really this regular season and even in the playoffs in the championship game against the 49ers, he's still prone to making one or two really big mistakes. And one or two really big mistakes in a Super Bowl could mean the difference from a win or a loss, especially when you're going up against a team like Cincinnati with so much firepower on offense and a defense that's been really opportunistic. I think this game really plays out a lot similarly to what we saw in the Bengals versus Titans AFC divisional round because I don't know that Cincinnati is going to be able to keep Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd and that front seven off of Joe Burrow's back. I think they could get six, seven, eight, nine sacks. The difference here is that the Rams are a much more multifaceted offense. They have much more firepower at the receiver position and they have a far better quarterback in Matthew Stafford than Ryan Tannehill. But you look at Cincinnati and you look at the Bengals and what they're going to need to do to neutralize that front seven. I touched on it a little bit in the opening segment. It's not just about blocking those guys. It's not just about trying to keep those guys at bay. You're going to have to get downhill in a hurry with a downhill running game. That's where Joe Mixon excels. And he's been kind of a non-factor in the postseason, averaging like 3.7 yards per attempt. But this is a guy who rushed for 1,200 yards. This is a guy who's a focal point of the Cincinnati Bengals offense and really important to what they do both on the ground and in the passing game. I mean, listen, it wouldn't surprise me if we look up on Sunday night and Mixon will have rushed for 110 yards and Cam Akers will have rushed for 75 yards because I think based on how these two teams play defense and trying to take the pressure off of these quarterbacks, running the ball is just going to be critically important for both of these teams. So on the other side, we'll chat with Coach Prime, Pro Football Hall of Famer Deion Sanders, who joins me next right here on the Matt Lombardo Show, Inside Fansided Stacking the Box podcast feed. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors, about bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, and also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back in. Our next guest needs no introduction. You know him as Pro Football Hall of Famer Deion Sanders. Maybe you know him as Coach Prime. He joins us on behalf of Gillette and the new Gillette Labs Razor and Exfoliating Bar. Deion, how you doing, man? How you doing, my man? You look like you got a clean shave. <laughs> I, I try to, you know, at least try to keep it up during the week, you know. And uh, before we get into it, would love to hear what Gillette has going on with the new Gillette Lab Razor and the Exfoliating Bar. What do I need to know? How do I get my hands on it? 
as quick and easy as washing your face. First of all, I love the Gillette Labs razor with the new exfoliating bar. Um, I'm a guy who shaves on a daily basis, and I've taught my kids at an early age how to shave because they're kind of hairy dudes, you know. But also, man, it just gives us an opportunity to be consistent with how we want to feel, how we want to look. And uh, Gillette has done a wonderful job. I love the partnership. I love the relationship and what they're doing for the community. Look good, feel good, play good. That's how I always thought when I, before I did a radio show, before I do a TV hit. I know that's the way that Coach Prime lived his life. And I Dion, you brought to us on behalf of Gillette, but you've played in a few of these Super Bowls as well. <laughs> Curious to get your thoughts on this. What kind of advantage is this for the Rams having the Super Bowl in their backyard, in their home stadium, in their hometown, especially when it comes to managing all of the distractions and everything that goes on leading into this game this week? A tremendous advantage. That means that, you know, people talk about the home field advantage. This is an extreme home field advantage. Uh, we never would have thought in a million years that Tampa Bay did it last year that were the, in the Super Bowl and you're the home team. And they went on to be very successful in it. Uh, I predict the same thing for the Rams. It's just uh, the comfortability, not traveling, uh, just being at home, understanding the, the dynamic of the game, but you're here. You're already there. No travel expected you understand how the city moves and how it flows um, the vantage point is to the rams in those regards and when you played would love to get your thoughts on this because you know you went up against some great wide receivers some great cornerbacks what was the battle that you remembered the most and what was the receiver that you struggled or maybe tipped your hat to the most during your career Jerry rice presented a lot of challenges michael Irvin sure. also uh, that good as well i i was uh on the latter part of my days when Randy Moss came into the game and he changed the game completely. Um, Chris Carter was phenomenal. Andre Rise. It was so many guys I played against in those era, but the, in that era. But the thing that our era really uh, gave us was excellence. What I mean by that is when you cover Jerry Rice, he was receiving balls from uh, Joe Montana and Steve Young. When you covered Michael Irvin, he was receiving balls from Troy Aikman. Um, Andre Reed was receiving balls. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting the name. I'm, I'm drawing a blank right there with the, the great quarterback in Buffalo. Um, Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly, I'm sorry. I apologize to Jim Kelly. But those guys were unbelievable, man. So you just weren't covering the receiver. The quarterback was phenomenal as well. We'd love to get your thoughts on one of the quarterbacks in this game on Sunday, and that's Joe Burrow. And there are some scouts and people around the league that mention him in the same breath as a similar skill set to a Tom Brady or a Joe Montana. When you look at him, and especially behind an offensive line that struggled, he has so much poise behind the line in the pocket. Do you see any comparisons maybe to Troy Aikman, who you played with in your career? No, uh, we got to be careful, man, of knowing these kids at an early age, just wanting to deemed that they're like this guy, like that guy that we remember. We got to stop that and, and allow this kid to mature and be the best Joe Burrow, not the second Troy Aikman or the Joe Montana, whatever. This kid is phenomenal. He has, he's very confident. He's a winner. He's won all his life. And I applaud him for the success and for just bringing back belief and hope to the city of Cincinnati. I applaud him. They certainly have a lot of that going into Sunday. And on the other side, you look at a guy like Jalen Ramsey, you and him both went to Florida State. Obviously, I'm sure you had some conversations leading into the NFL draft, but was curious, you know, what makes him so dangerous as a corner? And, you know, what was your earliest memory watching him in a Seminoles uniform that kind of stood out to you that said, wow, this kid's going to be special? 
Well, I really didn't watch much college football at that, at that point. Um, but Jalen is very confident in skill set. He could run, he could jump, uh, he's very physical, studies his butt off, which means he prepares for the task. And just the knowledge and understanding of his opponent um, is phenomenal. Then he's blessed with a tremendous pass rush, but the kid can flat out play. He's going to go down in history when it's all said and done as one of the best to ever lace him up. And at one point in your career, you played both sides. You know, you were a receiver at times, returned kicks, obviously one of the top cornerbacks of your era and of all time. When you get these quarterbacks on Sunday night, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow, if Coach Prime was still in his prime, who would you want to be your quarterback? Um, that's a good one, man. I would go with uh, Stafford because just the veteran – um, understanding of he, he's just seen more football. He, he's played more football and uh, neither has been on the stage, but usually an older person handles the stage a, a lot more. I know you're saying, well, Joe Burrow played the national championship. The national championship don't hold a darn candle to the Super Bowl, man. It's, it's not the same. You can't compare it. It's not the same whatsoever. But I would always go with the veteran in that aspect. And, of course, you're here on behalf of Gillette, but I see you wearing the Jackson State hat, the Jackson State hoodie. You're doing a lot of impressive things at an HBCU, bringing them back to the forefront. Which, right, when I get opportunities like this to be on with you, and I thank God for Gillette, who's uh, allowing, allowing and me to be on and making this possible. Uh, we, we don't get the exposure that many Power Fives get. So any opportunity that I have to display the J-Hat or the Jackson on my chest, I do so. It helps us. It helps our program. It's another way to market what we're doing and, and enhance uh, Gillette simultaneously. So I love it. How much do you think that the NIL is, is not only leveling the playing field between Power Five and Group and Five, but Power Five and HBCU and the impact that you've been able to have leveraging that in, in your efforts well that's not that's not fair whatsoever in our efforts when you talk about nils with hbcus i mean you talk about power fives the nil deals aren't coming from outside interest of, of companies it's coming from the boosters um oftentimes hbcu you don't have those boosters you don't have people that turn around and give back um, you're talking about all these guys that you've heard is receiving close to a million dollars or more from endorsements. What have you seen them on? Right. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. So is it a, is it a NIL deal or is it a deal from the boosters? <laughs> that, that's what it is. So when you see our kids on something or have an NIL deal, it's a NIL deal. It's, it's not something that, the school has uh, organized or structured, and it's a, not a handout or a hand up. It, it's genuine. It, it's real. So uh, it's not a fair playing ground in regards to that. And, and that's where I think what you're doing is even more impressive because it's almost like the beginning of a movement. And I'm really curious when Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, walks into a kid's living room, the reaction has to be special because you're not just looking at a college football coach. You're talking about an all-time great player. What's that like for you? And what have been some of your favorite first impressions? Well, you got to understand, I've, I've seen it from all three sides. I've been the parent sitting over there having my kids recruited. Um, I've been the kid that has been recruited. And now I'm the coach that's in the living room doing the recruiting. So I've seen it from all three sides and I understand it's, it in its entirety. It's uh, You got to understand these parents, if they had the kid they're 20, 23, something like that. They're in their 40s or, or, or late 30s. So that's 
that's my sweet spot of when I was at my prime doing my thing and they were coming up under me, you know, uh, decade and a half behind me. I, I love it. Um, I'm intrigued by the parents. I'm intrigued by the knowledge that they have of, and the desire to want to be involved in every step of their kid's life. I love that. I really do. And oftentimes you, you have some kids that are running their own show. Um, they don't have that. Then some kids, you got the trainer, the uh, 707 coach, you got the high school coach, you got the homie, you got somebody, you got to filter through that and see who has influence and see who that kid is listening to. But it's a wonderful challenge. I love it. I adore it. I do what I love. I love what I do. I love coaching. I love these kids and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying life and in, in, with a clean shave, I may say. And I'm excited for you. I'm excited to watch it unfold. And you really are changing the landscape. So kudos to you for that. Thanks. I see you have the Gillette Lab Razor right next to you. What sets it apart? When I you know, go to the store and buy that one as my next razor, what can I expect? What sets it apart for you? Well, this, the closeness of the shave. Uh, they really done some homework and done some research on uh, you know, the, the, the male face as well, I guess, if the, the female decides to shave uh, her legs or whatever. But it, it's... Phenomenal, man. It, it really is so many different products that you can find something to fit you. And you don't have to just use one thing. You, you have plenty of time to meander around and find a product or go online and find a product that fits you. And I love that aspect. The, the razor that heats up, that, that's my baby. That's the one that I adore. That's the one I love. That's the one that my face welcomes every morning and I adore it. So there's so many products up under the Gillette brand that you can find something that will bless you tremendously. The razor that heats up, I'm going to need to look into that. You got, Before you I got, let you go, Before I let you go, Dan, I got to get your pick for the game. How do you see this playing Rams. out on Sunday night? The Rams. I think the Rams are going to win by 10. Wow, a blowout from Deion Sanders. Not a blowout. 10 points is not a blowout. That's a win. In the modern, in the modern NFL. It's a blowout. 21 blowout. 10 is, you know, you won. I love it. He's Deion Sanders. He joins us on behalf of Gillette. Deion, best of luck moving forward at Jackson State. Look forward to talking to you further up the road, my friend. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you. God bless you, man. Really enjoyed that conversation with Deion Sanders, and I mean it. I'm really thrilled and excited about what he's doing at Jackson State and the impact on bringing HBCUs back into relevancy. Just look at this recruiting cycle where you had a couple of the top-rated recruits in the country wind up going to Jackson State, flipping from Power 5 schools like Alabama. So the playing field is really starting to be leveled, and I think the landscape across college football is going to look a lot differently a year, two years, three years, four years down the line thanks in large part to what Deion Sanders is doing at Jackson State. So definitely something to keep an eye on when it comes to college football's future. And for this Super Bowl on Sunday, I think it's really interesting that Deion chose Matthew Stafford over Joe Burrow as the quarterback that he would want to be catching passes from in this game. And I think that we're in for a real treat. And we've talked a little bit about the running backs in this game. We've touched on how dominant both of the front sevens have been in this Super Bowl, whether it's the all-star, star-studded lineup of the Rams, the upstart Bengals. And that's really saying something. I don't mean to take anything away 
from what the Bengals have going with guys like Sam Hubbard and DJ Reader and the talent that they have up front. But you look at the quarterbacks, and they're always going to fill up the marquee, right? They're always going to be the matchup that everybody's talking about going into a Super Bowl. But even though nationally this game might not have the kind of juice that people would expect a Super Bowl to have, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I think it has the chance to be a low-scoring game. I think it has the chance to be a game where mistakes are magnified. I think it's the type of game where the defense that has the strongest showing has the chance to win and when you factor all of that in I think there's a real good chance this thing comes down to what happens in the fourth quarter and that's where I think we're in for a really special quarterback matchup because you have two of the top four quarterbacks according to PFF and their ratings in the fourth quarter and overtime Joe Burrow enters this game with an 82.4 mark in the fourth quarter and overtime he already has two fourth quarter comeback game winning drives in this playoff run alone in Tennessee against the AFC's number one seed and of course at Kansas City coming off the largest and overcoming the largest deficit in championship game history but Matthew Stafford is actually the highest rated quarterback in the NFL according to PFF in the fourth quarter and overtime with a 90.9 mark and, you know, as I make my dreaded Super Bowl pick, everybody dreads making these because if it hits, uh, oh, well, you got lucky. And if it doesn't, it's all you hear about all offseason long. But I kind of like the Bengals here. And I kind of like Cincinnati just because of what we've seen from Joe Burrow through these playoffs. And he hasn't been remarkable. He hasn't been the type of quarterback that's going to make the throws that make you say, wow. But the thing about Joe Burrow is he doesn't get rattled. And I disagree with Deion Sanders a little bit here because Burrow has won at every level. He's never lost to a team that he's seen twice in high school, never lost to a team that he's seen twice in college. He won a national championship, and I know that it's a much different stage in the college football playoff national championship than it is in a Super Bowl. But in that moment, in LSU of all places in SEC country, that's immense pressure to go out and perform on that stage. And I just think this thing is going to be close. I think it's going to be a one-score game. And I think that Burrow's performance in the clutch, his experience in big moments is going to shine through. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see this come down to like a 20-17 to Rams lead. Los Angeles has to punt the ball to the Bengals with like a minute and a half left. And Burrow drives him down the field for a game-winning touchdown. And they win this game like 23-20. to that's just how I see it playing out, but I think that we are in for a great game. I'm excited for guys like Odell Beckham Jr., who have kind of been outcasts through their career. Guys like Von Miller, who on now the back end of his career, who's playing at a really high level, by the way, has a chance to win his second ring. I'm excited for a guy like Aaron Donald to get another opportunity here on this stage. And I think that the coaching matchup and the chess match between Sean McVay and Zach Taylor, Taylor formerly on Sean McVay's staff, is going to really determine a lot in this game. So I think we're in for a treat. I think we're in for a great game. Really enjoyed this podcast. I hope you did too. Thanks go out, of course, as always, each and every week to Cole Thompson. Does a tremendous job producing this show, getting it up and running each and every week. Thanks to Damata Petko for joining us on behalf of his event on Super Bowl Sunday. 
Really appreciate Jerome Bettis joining us on behalf of Pepsi and Frito-Lay. Great conversation there. And, of course, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, on behalf of Gillette. Really enjoyed those conversations. Hope you did, too. If you enjoy my work, please follow me on Twitter, at Matt Lombardo NFL. You can read the column every Wednesday on fansided.com. And, again, if you like this podcast, please subscribe to Stacking the Box in the Apple Podcast Store, SoundCloud, Spreaker, all of your favorite podcast platforms. Check us out on YouTube and leave a five-star review for Stacking the Box mentioning the Matt Lombardo Show. Really appreciate each and every one of you. Appreciate you checking in. And enjoy the game on Sunday night. I can't wait. Super Bowl Sunday. We'll be back next week to break it all down right here on the Matt Lombardo Show inside Fansided Stack in the Box podcast feed. I'll talk to you next week. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.